Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. So we're in the last part of Jonah chapter 4. If we got some new folks here, I want to bring you up to speed what's taking place. Um, before we go there, let's pray. Father, before that too, 9-11. Let's, let's, let's not forget about 9-11. Matter of fact, uh, you know, Jennifer kind of spoke it about there. We can be divided in our nation, you know. And 9-11... Though it was a tragedy, it really brought all people together in unity. It wasn't just New Yorkers that it happened in New York. It, it, we, we became Americans. You know, we, we, we came. And so I have, a, I have a quote I want to read. And this is from George W. Bush. He was the president at the time. He says, time is passing, yet for the United States of America, there will be no forgetting September the 11th. We will remember every rescuer who died in honor. We will remember every family, family that lives in grief. We will remember the fire and ash, the last phone calls, the funerals of the children. And that was George W. Bush. Father, I come to you, Lord. Father, we ask for unity in a nation that's very, very, very divided, Father. Uh, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hate. And Father God, uh, we're to beware that we let a root of bitterness get down in our heart. And so, Father God, today, Lord, uh, we ask for unity back in our nation in the United States of America. Lord, that we, um, unity, that it doesn't take a tragedy to bring us together. Yes. Lord, that, that even in good times we can, even though some of our culture and beliefs might be different, Lord, that, but we can still have love for one another. We just praise you and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Jonah chapter 4 is where we're going to be in, but to bring you up to speed on this, if you, let's, let's, let's recap. Jonah chapter 1, God speaks to Jonah. He says, go to Nineveh, that evil, wicked city. They were enemies of the Israelites. So think about this before, you know, don't judge Jonah. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't judge Jonah. Before you do that, remember, this would be like they, they killed the Israelites, they, they, you know, took their wives, the husbands, they enslaved their children. Think about that in your, own, in your own life. If someone took your wife, took your husband, took your children, enslaved them, right? Killed your business. And then turn around and say, you know, and then God tells you to go to them and share them the, the road, the, the Roman road to salvation. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? A lot of us would be doing what Jonah did and what he did. He, he ran 2,300 miles west, opposite of God's will. God sends a storm. God sends a storm because of God's anger and wrath, because Jonah disobeys. He endangers some sailors on a boat. He gets on a boat, pays the fare, goes to Tarshish. He's heading down there. God's storm comes along. The wind, the bitter waves, and the sailors say, hey, pray to our gods. Pray to a God. And then they wake up Jonah and goes, what are you doing? And he says, it's because of me, because I've disobeyed God. Throw me overboard into the sea, and God's anger would, will, will cease. And so 
They do that. They throw them into the ocean. God sends a great fish. Swallows Jonah. Now, don't get hung up. Everybody gets hung up on the fish. That's a taxi. That's God's Uber, okay? Just picking up Jonah, swallowed him. He's carrying along for three days there. And we know that this took place. You know, people say, they're really a fish swallow Jonah. Can a whale swallow Jonah? A whale's a mammal. Is that a fish? You know, you hear so much stuff out there, right? And like I said last time, God could send a guppy. He could send a goldfish to, you know, quit trying to naturalize something, right? God is spiritually supernatural. And so he swallows, the fish swallows Jonah, keeps him Jonah. And by the way, Jesus speaks about this in Matthew he, historically, that as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man, historically and prophetically. And so we know it's true. And so Jonah chapter 2 Jonah speaks to God. Chapter 1, God speaks to Jonah. Chapter 2, Jonah speaks to God. How? Help! Pray! This rebellious prophet is now waterlogged with seaweed around him. He's sitting in the belly of the fish. He begins praying to God. How many you know when you get your fat in the fire, your, your, your time with God is a lot better, isn't it? I think it's more desperate. It's, it's, there's more time. Now, I got, you got my attention, God. I got... And so he declares, he begins praising God. He begins saying, the vow that I took, I will not perform it. I will, I will do it. And with thanksgiving, when he does that, God graciously takes the fish to dry land, up to dry land, and the great fish regurgitates, vomits him up on dry land. I mean, he could have just took him out there in the ocean and went, Phew. right? Phew. Right? But he put him on dry land. So we learned last week, Bub's teaching Jonah chapter 3, that God comes again to Jonah and says, go to Nineveh. Well, I told you in chapter 1, do it. Go do it. And so Jonah, this rebellious prophet, reluctantly, right? I mean, he gives five words. He gives a five-word message, you know? It's, it's repent, repent, turn, are you going to burn, really? Basically, paraphrasing it. Turn and burn, all right? That's how he goes through. It's like a tweet. Here you go, you know? Turn from your wicked ways, you're going to burn. He goes through that city. It's a three-day walk in that city. That's how big it was. And everybody we learn gives their life. The king gets in the sackcloth, sits down in ashes. They even got their animals fasting. I mean, they're taking it serious. And I mean, so we learn in chapter 4 that 120,000 people, men, women, and children, give their life, turn, repent from their evil ways God, to, from Jonah's message. God speaking through Jonah to Nineveh. Wouldn't you think you'd be just one? Man, wouldn't that be just exciting? You know, you think, man, 120,000. That's a great success, wouldn't you say? I think of uh, Billy Graham. You know, all the thousands, right? So, with that in mind, let's look at chapter 4, and let's see how Jonah responds. Now, I want to I tell you ahead of time, don't be looking at this like just pointing your finger at him, right? Jonah wrote this about himself. I think if I wrote this about myself, I'd do a better bio, <laughs> right? 
He sounds pretty bad here, doesn't he? But he does that because I believe, I know he turns later on. And we got to be honest with ourselves. We all have a component in our heart that's Jonah. We, we at times have been Jonah. Amen. So, 120,000 people repent, come to the Lord. Look what Jonah starts off. But, everybody say, but. It displeased Jonah, how much? Exceedingly. And he became what? He became angry. He's upset that 120,000 people, what if I acted like that? Huh? What if at the end of the service, in which we do each week, let's say anybody wanted to come to the kingdom of God, just you know, bow your head, close your eyes. This is the road to salvation. Does anybody want to come to the kingdom of God? And I see hands go up everywhere, and I go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're all doing it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Every week somebody's raising their hand. It would be wrong, wouldn't it? You'd look at me and say, oh, I don't know about Pastor Arthur. I think he's a little, uh, got a little, little problem there. So here's the thing. Jonah is displeased. He's angry with folks turning and repenting and going to the Lord. And you got to remember, you know, these were enemies. You know, and you got to put yourself in Jonah's shoes. Jonah is angry with the result. And he's also angry with God. How many of you don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever been angry with God or you're angry right now with God? Hmm? How many of you ever had somebody who hurt you, did you wrong, and something wonderful happened that the Lord provided, blessed them, and you're kind of like, I'm a little frustrated with you, God. How many have been the older brother in the prodigal son story? Huh? Oh, we all want to be like grace with the prodigal son. You know, give me grace, give me grace. But how many times when it's other people, we point our finger like the elder brother and say, uh-huh. Right? Jonah's upset. Why is he upset? Let's look. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. He became angry. So he prayed to the Lord. He said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are gracious and merciful, God, slow to anger, abundant in love and kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Well, that's, he's upset, right? He's saying, God, now put yourself in John's shoes. He's the enemy, right? He just, the re enemy just repented. He said, then that's what I was telling you about when I was in Israel. This is the whole reason that I ran, Lord. Because I know this is how you are. You're very merciful, right? You're a very merciful, gracious, long-suffering father. This is the reason I ran from. And this is what made him angry. Sometimes we get angry with the Lord because, you know, we hand the Lord our script. And say, so here it is. Here's your lines, Lord. All right? Do it. This is what I want in life, Lord. Here's my script. Here's your lines. What are you doing, Lord? But God says this in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. See, sometimes 
We don't want to know God's plans. We just want to be our own God, and we just want to do what we want to do. And we get upset and frustrated because we've handed God the script and say, all right, I'll take the lead, Lord. You follow it along. And God's not that way. We're to submit to his plan. Many plans are in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose, purpose that prevails. Amen? So pay attention when you get angry. Pay attention what makes you angry and what keeps you angry. Always ask this question, and what I'm angry about, is God angry about? And if, I'm, and if he's not angry about it, why am, I, why am I not lining up with his thoughts? Huh? Jonah, God... 120,000 people turned. God's happy about that. Jonah's upset about it. You see? Let me ask you here. Let's look at the theology of Jonah. Theology, that's the study of God, the nature of God, his character. This is why the root of it is why he was angry. You want to see right here? He says, therefore I fled previously to Tarsus, for I know this is it. This is the root of his anger. For I know you are a gracious, merciful God, slow to anger. True or false? Is that true? Is God uh, gracious? Is he gracious to you? Is he merciful? It's true, true or false? How about slow to anger? He's got a, he got a long wick. Huh? How about abundant and loving kindness? Does he relent from doing harm? This is why Jonah's upset. You know why he is quoting verbatim what God said about himself in Exodus. Do you remember the story when Moses goes up on the mountain? He's hearing from the Lord for 40 days. And the children of Israel build a golden calf. They're down in the valley and they got the calf and they create an idol. They're doing bad, right? They're God's people, but they're doing bad, right? And so Moses is like ready to wipe them out, you know? He comes down from the mountain, and they're like, oh, you're all partying. you got this idol, you know? And God comes along, and this is exactly what God said while people were doing bad. While God's people are doing bad, this is what God says. I'm gracious. I'm a merciful God, slow to anger. Abundant in love and kindness, one who relents from doing harm. So Jonah's theology is perfect, but his heart's not. You can have great theology, and you think, because my theology is okay, I'm okay. No. You can have great theology, and your theology is perfect, but your heart be bad. Let's look what Jesus said about this about Pharisees and scribes. Let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. These people draw near me, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is what? Their heart is far from me. See, folks, we got to. You and I have got to examine our hearts and make sure we're not just a bunch of 
have a component of Jonah's heart in us where we have great theology, but we're not graceful to others. Amen? I heard, I read, the Lord led this to me this week, gave me revelation about this this week. Oh, it's very convicting. Because without anybody raising your hand, you know, you think, hey, I'm, like Johnny, you think, hey, I'm one of God's favorites. Right? All these other people that got it wrong. You know, in politics, you know what I'm talking about? You got the left, you got the right. Always fighting. And listen, I'm not saying I condone what's happening in the world. But we can't just be a bunch of... We can't have this attitude. God, I'm glad you made a place for these people. Huh? Now, you might not verbally ever say that like Jonah did. But don't we sometimes we think that? Oh, yeah. You don't turn, you're going to burn, you know. And that's not God's heart. For God so loved the church. Huh. For God so loved the world that he gave. When Jesus is on the cross, they spit upon him, plucked out his beard, put the crown of thorns on his head, hit him with stripes across his back till flesh poured down. And, and Isaiah says they looked upon him and, and they couldn't recognize him. He said, forgive them, Lord, they do not know what they do. Do you and I have that heart today? It's not that we condone evil and wickedness, but let's not lose grace for people's souls. Let's don't be like Jonah and say, you know what? Save me and burn them. Burn Nineveh. And that was his heart. You think Jonah liked the grace of God when he was in the fish's belly? He did. But he didn't want to extend that grace that God gave him to Nineveh. Do we do that in our own lives? Huh? Grace for me, truth for you. Grace for me, law for you. Mercy for me, truth for you. Huh? And then if somebody tries to bring truth towards us, we go, judge not that you not be judged. Somebody starts pointing the finger at you. Don't be throwing stones. He with that sin cast the first stone. Watch out for your hearts. Examine our heart. What's my, is what making us angry? Is God angry with? God was happy that these people repented. Are we happy? We're happy when it's our group, the group that votes like us, talks like us, hangs out with you. Know, we love that. But Jesus said, bless our enemies. Bless those who persecute us. Huh? Why do we get angry sometimes? Because we get hurt. And we have to guard hurt and forgive quickly because hurt can turn to hate. And then hate can turn to bitterness. So when Jonah gave his heart, because out of the heart the mouth speaks, he tells what God why he's upset with God because I don't like the way you do things. And I've done that before, haven't you? 
I got a bunch of angels looking back at me. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Arthur. I walk in faith and dominion all the time and nothing ever happens to me like that. He goes, look at this, verse 3. Therefore, in light of all, oh Lord, please take my life. For it's better for me to die than live. He's like, I don't want to commit suicide, but you just take my life. You know, there's Christians like that today. They're like, I don't want to kill myself, but you just take my life. Lord, you, you can always tell these Christians that have had it with the world. You know, Paul said, it'd be great to be in glory, but it's more profitable if I stay with you here. You can tell when Christians are ready to throw in a towel, they're like, you know, Lord, you know, they start reading end times, you know, the eschatology, the revelation. When's the guy coming back? Because God, just take me, you know, burn them all up and put me in a happy place, all right? You ever been around people like that? They've had enough. I can't wait till Jesus just returns. Every conversation about how dark, how dark, how dark. Like, oh, Lord, just come on quickly, Lord. We're just all dying to get to heaven, aren't we? But it wouldn't be good that we can reach because light that I read overcomes darkness. Huh? <laughs> just kill me, Lord. Remember Elijah praying that prayer? When you get by yourself, that's a dangerous. That's why you got to have community. That's why you got to Life is better together. Elijah said the same thing. I'm no better than my fathers. When you're left alone by yourself, you start talking to yourself, you get down. That's why you got to have other people come along and encourage you. It's better for me to die than to live. That's how mad he is about them repenting. Then the Lord said, and this is a question he said to me. How about all of us? Is it right for you to be angry? Arthur, is it right for you to be angry with this group? And hear me, it's not doing away with truth. Jesus was full of truth and mercy. When the woman was committed adultery and she was caught in the very act, they brought her. If she's caught in the very act, then there ought to be a man. Because yeah. the last time I, I was two to tango, right? But they didn't care about truth. They didn't bring the man, they brought the woman. And he said, he without sin cast the first stone. They wanted to kill her. And they all walked away. And he says, woman, where is your accuser? She goes, I have none, Lord. He says, neither do I accuse you. That's grace. But here's truth. Go and sin no more. Amen. Truth. Grace don't do away with truth. Truth don't do away with grace. It all works together. That's Jesus' heart. That's God's heart. Amen. Is it right to you be angry? You just got to stop and think, why am I, what's making me angry and, and why am I like this? And what keeps me this way? Look at verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city, sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. He's like, you know what? They got 40 days to repent, and this is day 39. Maybe they're going to mess it all up, and I get to watch 4th of July right here. 
fireworks. Can you imagine going sitting there? We're guilty of it, folks. You hear a celebrity, a famous person that gets saved. What do you do? You don't sit there and say, praise God. You sit off the side for 40 days watching them. And as soon as they, if they do mess up, he goes, say, I told you so. That's what he's doing. He's sitting in a chair waiting for him in a shade, waiting for him to mess up. So God will burn them. And the Lord God prepared a plant. So first he prepares a storm. Then he prepares a fish. Now he prepares a plant. God is gracious and humorous, right? Do you see, do you see the, in the story that Jonah is taking himself way too serious? Do you realize that sometimes we take ourselves way too serious? Yeah. Amen, Pastor Arthur. So God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that he might, it might be shade for his what? To deliver him from his misery. Well, that's great. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. He's upset about Nineveh. He's there because of Nineveh. He's sitting away to see the outcome. He's so happy about this plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a what? This is funny. Right? Prepared to plant, they prepared to worm. And so it damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared vehement east wind. That means a, it's a blowing hot wind. You ever got one of those hot winds out of the east? And the sun beat on Jonah's head. Now, he might have been bald. I don't know. So he grew what? He's, boy, he's getting cooked out there. You know, and what he's doing here, you know what he's doing really? Is he's protesting God. God, I know you're merciful and gracious, but I'm going to go over here and sit over here. He's protesting God. I'm going to sit here. I don't care if I die out here. You know? I don't care if you take my life. I don't care how hot it is. He's protesting, defying God. You know, we do that sometimes. You know, You'll get folks come into church and they want something. They're like, Lord, here's my script. This is what I want. They come to church for a season and God doesn't do it just the way they want it. Gone, right? Hey, why don't you come back to church? You know what they do? They're like, no. Protesting God. We do that. We get offended with God. We get upset with God. You know what will bring great peace in your life? Great peace that they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Wouldn't you like to just let things just go? Let it be like water on a duck's back. You know, somebody comes up and says something awful to you. Your breath stinks. You're like, never going to be around that guy ever again. You're going to hell. <laughs> We laugh, but we got that kind of thought sometimes. Oh, we don't ever verbalize it. See, we don't want to become so religious that we're like the Pharisees. Says, 
He prays to himself one day. He says, I'm glad I'm not like these adulterers. I'm glad I'm not like these fornicators over here. I'm glad I'm not like these folks. I'm glad I'm not like this even tax collector over here. And the Lord says in that parable that he prayed to himself. That God didn't even listen to that prayer. Because his heart, his lips speak of the Lord, but his heart's far from us. Far from him. How's a heart? How's a heart? How's a heart? How's your heart? What have you been talking about? Out of the bones of the heart, the mouth speaks. What have you been saying? Amen? Amen. Then God asked him again. Well, no, he says he grows faint. Then he wished death for himself again. It's better for me to die than to live. He just won't turn and say, you know what? I'm wrong about this, Lord. You're happy about it, and I'm angry about it. Why are my thoughts not lined up with your thoughts? Verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? <laughs> and he said, It's right for me to be angry, even to death. <laughs> you ever just get mad? You ever just get mad and you just can't? You just can't shake it, right? Someone comes along and says, oh, you know, they're trying to cheer you up. You're like, I'm mad, I'm mad. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't cheer me up. I'm mad, I'm mad. Look at verse 10. But the Lord said, you had pity on the plant for which you had not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night, and should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left? See, that's, that, that's what Jesus said. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they do. So, before we start pointing our fingers at people, let's just say, hey, they don't know what they're doing. We've all been enemies of God. Did you know that? We all, been, we all deserve death. We all been standing in line to hell if it wasn't for Jesus Christ coming. Amen. So with you knowing that, that once you were an enemy of God and you deserved death, you got grace, didn't you? Why not extend that grace to someone else? Huh? This is all about the heart today. It's hard, I know. Because some of us, we get hurt. If you don't watch out, you let that hurt become hate. And you're just like, Elijah, send fire, burn them all down. Jonah, let's just burn the whole place. Let me show you God's heart on it. This is the heart we need to have. We're going to end right here. Sure is quiet in here. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. He's talking about him returning again. People are like scoffing, saying, oh, wait, you know, it ain't happened. But he's what? There's that word again. He's long-suffering towards who? And what's God's will? What's his will here? 
He's not willing, this is his will, he's not willing that any should what? But that all, how many? My group. Not that group, that's the bad group. We voted and you're the bad group. No, we voted and you're the bad group. (laughs) That all, that's all. That blows Calvinism out of the water. All. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. All. That means your enemies. Bless those that persecute you. Bless those that say all matters against you. Bless them. I know that's hard. It can be hard at times. But that's God's heart. He, le- he, he came to die, not for your group, for the world. And he desires, he says, that all should come to what? Repentance. Come to the knowledge of Christ. All. That means that boss you can't get along with. (laughs) People that you consider your enemies. And listen, folks, I'm not condoning. There's some crazy, crazy stuff out there that makes me, it makes God angry too. But let's don't throw (laughs) the person away without trying to give us a chance for their soul to repent. Just pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them to repent. Pray for God. Listen, God can bring a great awakening. It's happened before. God can do it again. If we just get a remnant of people that believe that. We don't need people in the churches today say, Woo, sure it's dark out there. Look how dark it is. God's like, well, I saw darkness. I said, let there be light. God didn't stand at the beginning of time and go, Woo, sure it's dark. He said, let there be light. We need to say, let there be light. Every conversation with people that we do not get along with at all, we don't like, they don't like us, we still need to be praying for them. We need to have that heart. Otherwise, we just come religious. And you don't want to be just religious because religious people are ones that crucify the Lord. You have great theology and a bad heart. Let's don't be that, people, right? Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.